This is episode 220 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, If you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome back to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And on today's episode, it's a replay of a recent Instagram live I did with Kate Roddy, who is also a pelvic health physiotherapist and the creator of the Kegel Release Curve. And we chat all about perineal massage to prepare your pelvic floor for birth. So if you're pregnant, you'll definitely want to tune into today's episode. So this is great timing, even if you were someone who is thinking of becoming pregnant or super early on in your pregnancy, this is so key for you to know, because unfortunately a lot of people don't ever hear about this until potentially after birth. So we, Mm -hmm. I definitely, I got some good questions. I had a lot of similar questions. So we're going to go through those. Um, And then there's one at the end, which I thought was really good, which was kind of a little bit more specific. So why don't we even jump in first, Kate, like just in general, what is perineal massage? 
So pineal massage is really just the practice of massaging your vulva and perineum and ultimately your pelvic floor muscles. So, um, and we can think of massage in many different ways, right? We think of the sports massage, which gets in like really deep and you're trying to gain length to a muscle. And then we can think of like the spa massage, which is really like kind of fluffy and feel good and, and it gets blood flowing. And then we can talk about even lymphatic massage, which is really the promotion of fluid and blood flow to decrease maybe some swelling, right? So there's all sorts mm -hmm. of different types of massages. And in pregnancy, we talk about perineal massage as just stretching tissue. And for mm -hmm. me, it's become a lot more, right? So there's, yeah. there's a reason why we could do it for the entire duration of our pregnancy with different goals in mind. But ultimately the perineum is the area surrounding, I'll pull up Sally silicone here, yes. is the yeah. area um, that is surrounding your the entrance of your vagina, right? Mm -hmm. So peri means around, okay? And it's really the area even in between, right? So when we talk about mm -hmm. perineal tears or having episiotomies, we are talking about typically the area between entrance of our vagina and entrance of our rectum. And this is very muscular. And this is why we want to really protect this area. So perineal massage is the act of massaging that area. Area, basically I think that's good like a good overview so people even know right because they hear perineum because yeah it's so true often tears can happen up here because I know sometimes people are surprised often they're like no one talks about tearing up my urethra or clitoris or higher up right on the mm -hmm. vulva but typically for massage you can't actually massage the area if you do extremely uncomfortable you will not want to do it so that's where the focus is more kind of the bottom of the horseshoe if you think of it that way um and also too i find what's different as pelvic physios how we talk about it is that it's not just about like we're going to stretch the tissue the end right it's really about connecting our breath with our pelvic floor like when you're doing the massage you're going to learn or you want to know what your pelvic floor is, how to breathe and relax it, because essentially it's this brain body connection for when baby is crowning, which you may hear of the, like the ring of fire, when baby is like, this is at the most stretch. Mm -hmm. If you've learned this ahead of time, mentally, it makes a massive impact on not like clenching and going the opposite yeah. direction. It allows you to like relax more into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way yeah. is so the studies that get cited and it really kind of it, it's one of my little like irks and pet peeves is there's definitely studies that were done 20 years ago that are like, yeah, it may help to improve. Mm -hmm. And what's happened over 20 years is how much more we know about pain science, how much more we know about the, our central nervous system and how it plays a role in our emotions, our fear, our anxiety. And I can't think of a more fearful, anxious time for a person giving birth is that moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really, for me, perineal massage also is the practice of some of the sensations that you are going to encounter on the day of your birth. And I parallel this always. We talked about you and I started in orthopedic world. So mm -hmm. I do a lot of sports. If we parallel this to a marathon, a marathon, there's no two ways around it. It's not a pleasant endeavor. 
it hurts. There are going to be moments that are very like you want to quit. There are going to be moments that one part of your body just goes, you have to stop. There's cramping, all sorts of things. But the thing with a marathon is that you don't just go run 42 or 26 miles for our Americans. Um, you don't just go and do that without training. There is mm -hmm. so much involved. So there's strength training, there's endurance training, there's nutrition, there's visualization, there is um, even your mindset. So mm -hmm. it's really starting to tap into a familiarity. Your body, if it's done it before, it goes, we can, we can do this again. And mm -hmm. that's what's not causing our central nervous system to just go alarm bells right? Yeah. And that's what we're trying to downregulate when we start the practice of perineal massage is, is going, hey, we've done this before. Mm -hmm. And we can do a little bit more now. So. Yeah, and exactly. And it's like your body, like I said, familiar with those. Not that with perineal massage, you're going to be like, stretching to that point, right? It's no. that idea of that stingy, that uncomfortable uh, sensation, but breathing through it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a good point, because I know some people get told, well, We've been giving birth forever. Your body is just going to know what it, it needs to do. And to a degree, yes. But if we think about like before the 1900s, like you would see your aunt, your cousin, your sister give birth, potentially your mother give birth to a sibling. So you were, again, familiarized with like this happening. Yeah. So yeah. your body knew how to relax. Whereas now we don't see any of that. We just see what's going on in the movies, which is usually a very dramatized type of giving birth, which isn't necessarily accurate. And so no. this is so key for your body to get that familiarity. I love that. And, and yeah. also we know that with second births, it's easier. Mm -hmm. And it, we could sort of say, oh, well, the tissue was stretched before. That's not actually how tissue works. Otherwise we'd all be stretched out from everything. It's, it's that your body knows. There has mm -hmm. this acute memory of familiarity that it goes, okay, this is easier. And so th that's why we have so much evidence to say second births go a little bit smoother sometimes. Um, and a lot of it is because we've been there, done that. Yeah. And I think it's a good point with that as well. If your first birth was not a positive experience, if maybe you had more severe tearing, maybe you had an episiotomy and you're nervous going into your next birth, another key reason to do this is again that mental prep for your body to feel safe with those sensations in that area because that I see a lot of clients I know you do too with like mm -hmm. we're preparing for another birth that they're already having fear and stress going into because of their last experience and that can be different this time absolutely mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So, and even typically when I tell people to start, because there's a lot of, you know, most of the research that it says, uh, you know, 34, 35 weeks. And mm -hmm. I actually get my patients to just go on like an exploratory mission, sometimes even around like the 30 week mark, or even sooner, if they've come mm -hmm. to me for an assessment, we've sort of determined that there is some overactivity, right? That pelvic floor has started to become really like tense and guarded for a number of reasons. That's where I'm sort of like, go down and just do the fluff blood flow massage, get a thumb there, see what things feel like. Because we also have not been encouraged as, as people with vaginas to just sort mm -hmm. of massage that area, to go down mm -hmm. and explore. Um, it's really been overstigmatized and sexualized. And if you can get a massage for any other part of your body, you can massage that area just the same. And for the yeah. same reason of feel good 
blood flow, lymphatics, uh, drainage, which just means like all of our fluids. Um, it's, it's great to do. And so when I sometimes do it the first time with patients, they immediately go, whoa. And then I take my hand and I push on their leg and I go, okay, this is how much I'm pushing. Mm-hmm. And it feels disproportionate, right? Yeah. And that's really a sign of things have oversensitized in that area. So yeah. we got to downregulate that sometimes earlier than 35 weeks. And it's, we're not at the goal of stretching. We're just at the goal of like familiarizing what does mm-hmm. touch and our own sensation feel like. Yeah. And those muscles, like you said, we don't, we don't learn about this. There's still a far way to go for even like elementary school, like understand the anatomy of our own body. So this is one way to like learn if you're able to see a pelvic physio, because that's what Kate and I do all the time is like clients are like, uh, this is completely new to me, even though this is the body part I've had forever. Um, so like learning about that so key and, and then the perineal massage adds to yeah. that. So yeah. Let's go into some of the benefits because there was a fantastic high level study, right? In terms of that had come out. And that's what I talked to clients about of like, actually, we do have really good research to show the benefits and it can decrease the risk like severe tearing, episiotomies, even second stage of labor could be shorter. And postpartum, do you want to go in the postpartum? some of the postpartum benefits. Yeah, the postpartum benefits of, yeah, we'll hit that for sure. Because there's just so many benefits. But again, we always preface with like, there's no guarantee because there's also so many reasons why we tear, right? Like in terms of it can be baby position. If they come out with their hands here, that is going to be a little bit different. Or if baby comes out super fast and then the Mm -hmm. tissue didn't get a chance to stretch. Um, so I always like people to understand it's not just like do perineal massage and you absolutely are not going to have a severe tear, but it decreases your risk, which if that's something you want to do, it's a fantastic option. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and I go back to the marathon training, right? Yeah. You can do all of the training. You can do all of the nutrition. You can do all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And that day it's a little more humid outside and you did not get the race time that you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. But it, that's not the reason to not do all the things, right? We're, yeah. we're still trying to reduce all of the mm-hmm. risks that we can and, mm-hmm. and there is evidence to support it now. And yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, there was like one paper that everyone cited and even in the discussion mm-hmm. section of it, they were like, yeah, we can't explain this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really good sign of we've come a long way in being mm-hmm. able to explain the vagina, pelvic floor, all of the things that can happen during birth. Totally, totally. And that this is like one piece of labor prep, right? Like there's yeah. so many other factors. So for people to know too, you want to do all the steps. This part just often is not talked about, I would say, accurately. Um, from my own experience going through, I went to so many prenatal classes with my first, I was already in this working with pregnant mm-hmm. clients, but I'm like, I want to see what they're learning and, and maybe I'll pick up some stuff too. Yeah. And I would say perineal massage barely mentioned. And if it was not the way Kate and I are going to talk about it, don't get a start. Kegels in general, there's like all this mm-hmm. stuff around it, but that's really all that's mentioned in traditional classes. So that's why we yeah. want to share more about it. Let's go through how to do if you want. Do you want to show on your model? I love that one to be able to show. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through early with a thumb. Okay. Uh, 
Anita did mention I created my own pelvic wand specifically yeah. for this because um, I was as big as a house. My first child was 11 pounds and five ounces and there's no way I could barely wipe. Right. So um, big difference. So what I'll do is I'll show you with my thumb. So what we're mm -hmm. doing is I hate the videos that show the two fingers. Okay. Yeah. Our arms do not do that. And our angle of our fingers don't do that. So your thumb is your best bet. Okay. So you're going to come in right at the base of the vagina. Okay. I barely get my first knuckle in. Okay. We're going to go really superficially because for the most part, the majority of tears do happen from the outside in and not necessarily inside out, but those do happen. Okay. So thumb right here. And what I just start with is pushing down a little bit. What does that pressure feel like at six o'clock right down towards anus? Okay. Then you're going to come out a little bit further. And what does that feel like? Really? The first session is super exploratory. What does pressure and a little bit of pull and, and sensation feel like? Okay. And then try some different things. Take a minute, take five big diaphragmatic breaths, the big ones that fill in all of your rib cage and go back and see, does that pressure and tension feel any different now that you've calmed some of your system down, okay? Then there's a couple of techniques, right? So with your own thumb, you can also do what I call the swivel, okay? And that may be you're just rocking side to side, going around that U shape, okay? This is again at like your 35 to 36 week mark. Okay, where you're just getting used to these sensations. When these sensations feel like no big deal, and it does feel really just like actually nice and massaging, then we want to start, you know, a little bit wider, right? Finding some of those pressure points that kind of go, yeah, that doesn't feel so hot anymore. And when we find one of those, we're going to hold it. And we're going to go back to our strategies of downregulating our central nervous system, which is breathing. Okay, playlists, so music, hugely familiar, right? We always remember where we've heard songs. And we, it's like, you always think of one person, create a playlist, make that your birth playlist and practice your perineal massage with your playlist because there may be songs that you end up going, oh my God, that noise is so annoying. I don't want that on my playlist anymore. So you gotta practice with it. You can't just show up at the hospital and hope you're gonna like that music. Okay. And so you're really just putting pressure all along these walls and trying to create stretch. You're trying to do, I tend to say like, start with two minute to four minute sessions, and then you can go all the way up to 15 minutes. Okay. Most people do not have a 15 minute labor. That would be lucky. Good for you. Uh, mine was three hours. So we, you want to practice. You do not have to practice three hours. Again, go back to the marathon. You don't have to run the whole marathon to get it done on the day of. But you do want to have a little bit of a build and an endurance because these muscles are going to have to sustain pressure. So, you know, 15 to 20 minutes is a great uh, sort of like time to achieve towards the end of that, you know, 39, 40 weeks. Okay. Yeah. Any questions? Jump in now, Anita. No. Yeah. No, no, no. That was great. I love that because it's true, right? Everyone's going to feel tension in different areas. So, I mean, if you're seeing a pelvic physio ahead of time and we've done an internal, you will know that. 
far in advance kind of and working on that before. But this is a great time for, again, you to feel that. And often what, uh, I love that you mentioned music because I'll often talk about music or like if you're going to listen to a meditation during yes. like labor, I'm like, put that on because yep. it's going to stimulate your body to relax. Yeah. Um, and the breathing, right? If people are familiar, if you've been following me for a bit, you know, the flower bloom breath I talk about yes. to relax the pelvic floor. Yeah. I do the same thing. But that's the key thing is like, I love that you talked about, Kate, is breathing with it. Because so often when this doesn't get explained, people are like stretching and they're like, and they're like tensing up. And it's like yeah. doing the exact opposite of what Absolutely. you want to do, right? You want to breathe into it. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, those techniques, I love it. Cause I usually, I'll talk about like the horseshoe, which is like the swivel you were doing. Um, yeah. And then like the bottom of the peace sign. So it's yeah. like those spots at the bottom, right? And sustaining. So it's like, Kate and I are very similar with, with teaching that. Yeah. And again, it's the breath into it. And a common question I get asked is like, how much pressure? And I'm like, it should be kind of that stingy, uncomfortable, but you can breathe through it versus Absolutely. like, if you're clenching or again, if you're, um, if your partner's doing it and you want to like kick them in the head, like that's too much pressure. That's, yeah. that's not what this is for, right? That's yeah. going to wind up your nervous system versus yeah. letting it go, which is why Absolutely. the, the Kegel release curve is great. Cause then if you can't reach, which like I said, a lot of people at 35 weeks cannot, that's the way you can do it on your own. So do you want to demo with that just so people can see? Yeah, so yeah. the Kegel release curve, it's ultimately, it is a pelvic wand. We casted it out of surgical grade stainless steel. And the reason, a couple of reasons, A, you can sterilize it over and over again, which um, pregnancy, you don't have to. Um, remember, we don't sterilize our partner's uh, members before they enter, but some people do like that aspect. <laughs> so the other thing is, is it's great for thermal. Okay. So we know that heat sometimes feels really relaxing. So nice, warm feeling. Um, this can be used also postpartum and you can cool it. Okay. So the cold can feel really nice and soothing, but basically it is an S shaped. And what we're doing with it is you're still inserting it and people think that then you're pulling down right? We're actually going to use this more like it is a bottle opener, okay? So instead of pulling down, you're going to start pulling up, okay? And what that does is it actually pushes the ball down right into the perineum. And what we know is that for the most part, if, if baby's not sunny side up, okay, it's going to come down and it actually scoops down in through the bottom. And that's why this is designed really well with that S shape to come down and scoop. Okay. So then you can do the same thing over to the left. You see how it pushes out. Okay. And then same to the right pushes out. Okay. It is dual headed. Okay. So larger end, some people get, they think, oh my God, that's, everyone says oh my god it's really heavy and oh my god that size is really big and then that's where i pull in this right our dilation wheel and i go that's not that big okay so some people do actually find the larger end a little bit more comfortable and the reason for that is um, a larger surface area doesn't feel as pointy, right? So think about having a massage and someone digging their th the point of their thumb in versus sort of like a nice forearm and a broad stroke, okay? Yeah. So this can actually feel, Sally doesn't really, so same idea, 
right? You can still do a really nice swivel at the bottom. You can still use it to push out on either side and get that stretch. And again, I often tell women to do the sessions like in the, in the bathtub because they mm -hmm. can just lean back. Their legs mm -hmm. can flop out and they're nicely supported, okay? It's not the best birth position. We know that and you talk a lot about it. But for just getting started for you to relax in the tub with just your muscles um, and then you've got the warmth of the shower or the bath right there. Okay, yeah. and you can warm this up. And then if the temperature of the water is okay for your skin in the bath, then that water temperature is going to be perfect to heat this up as well. No, that's a great so. tip. And I would say too, I with pushing, because I know people are like, oh, I don't want to practice on my back, because if you want to get birth out of positions, but like, honestly, it's going to be pretty hard to reach this area in any other position to do this. So like mm -hmm. the position Kate talked about, is like the best way to really get there and for you to be relaxed. Like yes. if you're trying to do in other positions where you're actually like kind of holding yourself up, it's really hard to let go. So I love yeah. that position too, yeah. it's super helpful. And once you're really familiar with your body and maybe a lot of people, they're one-sided, right? Babysitting a little bit more on the left or the right, you would be surprised because we know that the pelvic floor is, is part support and stability. So it's going to, so the muscles on the left may be counteracting some of the baby weight on the right. Maybe you stand more on the right, you jut your head out or your hip out so those types of things we notice a lot that you're one-sided more tight than the other and that's where you can start to employ that sideline and then get at one side a little bit easier but I really do recommend like I said starting in the bathtub just getting to know your your bits and pieces while your legs are nice and supported against the walls of the bathtub exactly I know we had some good questions Corinne asked about what kind of music do we recommend? And honestly, I find for labor, I will talk to clients. This is what I did for mine too. Make two playlists, make a really chill, like chill playlist, whatever that means to you. And that would be great for perineal massage. And I also say make an upbeat one. Some people want at certain parts of labor, they need the energy, they want to get pumped up. So have that, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for perineal massage. Yeah. You want to be like yeah. chill and relaxed. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, on our yeah. Um, on the website, we have videos and the vi one video talks about setting your environment. And we talk mm -hmm. a little bit about playlists. And that's why I think it's really great that you start to work with your playlist while you're at that 34, 35 week, because you may find that ambient music, right, the waterfalls, the the chimes, the gongs, all of those, that's actually what calms you down. You may think it's annoying, but it actually gives you a really rhythmical routine, which um, that monotony is good for our central nervous system sometimes. Um, the upbeat music, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, when you're in pain, can be very annoying. Mm -hmm. and, and so you don't know that, right? But that's why just create one. Try different mm -hmm. things. Classical yeah. music. There's a reason why classical music is supposed to be calming. Right. There's I know nothing about music, to be honest. I just know that <laughs> classical music is supposed to be for like high intellect and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. you know, it could be Taylor it Swift, is. right? Yeah. Like Taylor gave yeah. us folklore and that could be your whole playlist the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that's why it's so individual, like whatever, because it's true. I had a client recently who for her, 
it wasn't music it was nature sounds like that to her was so relaxing so that's what she would listen to so yeah very individual but hopefully Corinne that helped to give you some uh, some ideas and also we were asked how early do you recommend starting so in terms of we were talking about this um perineal massage you may again if you know about pelvic floor tension earlier on you may with your physio may be working on that sooner typically perineal massage like traditionally would start around 34 35 weeks that you could work on this some people do start a bit sooner this is not something that's going to send you into labor i know some people get that information but like this is not to do with cervix we're not going there this is more like pelvic floor relaxation but i would say typically 34 35 weeks but you could start a bit sooner like kate talked about just like get familiar with yeah. this area that no one talks about and a baby yeah. you want your baby if you're planning to, for a vaginal birth mm-hmm. it's like but we have zero concept of these muscles this just yeah. makes it so much like easier for your nervous system during birth mm-hmm. to be like this is normal i can relax into this area versus this foreign part like clenching right yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. that's a good question yeah so yeah. i mean if you've had an assessment and someone has said that your pelvic floor is overactive, mm-hmm. you know, you can go down there and just apply like a little bit of a stretch. Again, mm-hmm. the idea is not baby come out. The idea is like TLC. There's lots of other reasons why women, people who birth come to see me and like their glutes are all tight. I, I massage those. We get those rolled out. We, we sort of, so your vagina and pelvic floor can't be looked at as any different. It is a functional muscle that needs some TLC every now and again. Yeah, totally. And I know, um, I think it's Crystal asked about postpartum. Mm -hmm. So that'd be good to chat a bit about, because I know we're focusing on more preparation for birth, Mm -hmm. but postpartum, if you've had tearing, but even if you haven't, because we both see clients who have tension in the pelvic floor yeah. Even though if there, maybe there was tearing, but no stitches, yeah. or if, um, even if you didn't have tearing, you can still have tension. So yeah. you don't, you don't want to be massaging this area before six weeks. That is yeah. not the time to be doing it. It needs time to heal, but that six week mark is a great time. Again, seeing a public physio who will do a more yeah. detailed assessment than yeah. often at your six week with your care provider. Yeah. I know incredible care providers who are just like, I'm giving you the green light because there's no infection, like you're healing well, but please go to a pelvic physio to really get to know these muscles. Because if you want to get back to, it doesn't even matter if it's day-to-day stuff or if it's like CrossFit, running, lifting weights, like there's a progression. It's not like zero to a hundred at six weeks. So you want to understand and potentially some massaging of that scar might be part of your recovery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the six week mark is really, um, it is an, it's not an arbitrary timeline. It's given because after six weeks, we know that there is really no more risk of infection to your uterus. Mm -hmm. So we don't insert anything in those six weeks because we don't want to introduce any bacteria that could be infectious. So, but that does not mean that it's a green light for everything. Right. So it is, I I am okay with people um, doing really light touch right around the Mm -hmm. vulva, 
right? So around your labias, I mean, you will be swollen there. It will be puffy. So through underwear or leggings or whatever, I am like... I, I like to start having people introduce touch, right? Just start smoothing that area, right? That's going to help promote some blood flow and some lymphatic drainage. This is also why we tell people to do pelvic floor contractions or Kegels. Again, not because like we're boot camping your vagina after birth, but because blood flow. It's the same idea as when they tell you to foot pump on an airplane, it's not because you're working your calves to have hot calves. It's for blood flow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the same idea. We got to get that lymphatic drainage and puffiness out. Yeah. So, so that's okay. Then the six week mark comes and then absolutely like we can go back to perineal massage. We have had this connotation that perineal massage is just like stretch your vagina out. Go back to the blood flow. Go back to sort of just seeing how this feels. Um, on the Kegel Release Curve uh, Instagram, there's two posts all about the return to postpartum intimacy and um, specifically penetrative intimacy. And we talk about there's a five-step protocol that we like to employ because no one really prepares themselves for that. And perineal massage is part of that recovery. And you may not feel like it. And you may not have the lubrication for it. And you may have a lot of resentment for your partner. And all of those things are outside of my scope of practice. <laughs> so the physical though is, and so I like people to be ready for what they're going to physically encounter with postpartum penetrative intimacy. And so touch, right? A little bit of perineal massage, a um, little bit of scar tissue, right? Again, all the same thing. That scar may take your breath away the first time you mm -hmm. touch it. And yeah. then how do we desensitize that? We go back through all the same principles. Take five mm -hmm. big breaths, close your eyes, visualize, get a soundtrack. It's really important that you do all of this touching because you're in control and mm -hmm. you know what sensation feels like. Unfortunately, our partners, they love us a lot, but their stop and go is already behind what your body's gonna tell you right? Mm -hmm. These are microseconds that your body's like, stop. And then if all the guarding starts to happen, it's not going to be a great experience. And we know it, that. It's so true. And especially I find it's that when you feel ready postpartum, those first few times, like your, your brain and your nervous system was like, okay, the last time something was in here, actually a baby came out. And if you had a cesarean birth, the same guarding happens. I would say like, a lot of postpartum clients I see who've had a cesarean birth, your pelvic floor is guarding for so many reasons and sex can also be painful. Yeah. So that idea of even if you don't have scarring, even learning again, that tissue, we want to um, desensitize, which I love talking about that. Same with the cesarean scar. We're going to desensitize that first before we massage. Same, yeah. same principle. Right. Um, and it's interesting when, when I find clients here, like, when they studied basically the first two muscles that come on when we're stressed, it's mm -hmm. our upper traps and our pelvic floor. Yeah. And so it's like, even though, okay, we're like, I don't need my pelvic floor to protect me. Doesn't matter. That's like how our nervous system is wired. So knowing that ahead of time, knowing, okay, relaxing after is actually going to help mm -hmm. penetration, intercourse, anything with that area 
pain, mm -hmm. like external mm -hmm. pain, all of that. So, so key yeah. to understand that ahead of time. And I just, I know we both with clients, like you see these light bulb moments, right? Where they're like, that makes sense. Like I hold my stress essentially in my vagina. Like I've had so many clients say that and I'm like, yes, that's essentially what our body does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I used to always, um, when I used reduced pelvic floor, like if I was giving talks or whatever, I would basically have people envision that they're cutting the avocado and, um, or actually I used to use an even more horrific one. I used to say, okay, everyone close your eyes and I'm coming around and I've just grabbed your finger and with a set of pliers, I've now taken your fingernail and I'm going to rip it off and almost, and I, and then I would stop and I'd say, did anyone feel anything between their legs? Because automatically those really horrific, um, visceral responses, uh, like horror, your, your central nervous system, whether you like it or not, it just goes, mm -hmm. and we feel that. And I say that was a pelvic floor contraction. Whatever mm -hmm. you just felt, whatever that little electricity was between your legs, that was your pelvic floor contraction. And that's how protection, and that's that fight or flight response, right? Mm -hmm. We can't control it. And yeah. so even with pineal massage, you, you mentioned your partner doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is the best we have. Okay, mm -hmm. is our partners doing it? And I think for a long time, midwifery doulas, they used to promote having your partner do it. And that's why we see pictures of people doing this, right? Mm -hmm. I personally, and we can discuss this, mm -hmm. I personally um, tell people not to have their partner do it, right? And the reason is, is your body is absolutely designed to guard and protect against unwanted potentially mm -hmm. painful stimuli. And so as much as your partner means well, and it may be a tremendously bonding experience, in a lot of the times it's counterintuitive because the partner is going to put a little bit too much pressure because they think they're doing you a solid by getting that little extra stretch. Mm -hmm. And because you didn't do it, you immediately, your brain goes, that hurt, guard and protect. Mm -hmm. And now we've, now we've exactly like you talked about, you mm -hmm. upregulated that, that mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. And so even when I do this on patients, I go, see what this feels like, see what this feels like. And that's it. I do not do the perineal massage on my patients. I just kind of give them a sense of what it's going to feel like. Some of mm -hmm. those initial sensations. And I go, you got to do this. You mm -hmm. have to get used to this because we also know better birth outcomes happen when people are, feel like they're in control. And so mm -hmm. that has to start with practicing yeah. perineal massage. It can't just mm -hmm. all of a sudden happen on the day. You have to practice that yeah. control peer, that, that control piece with your breathing, the pushing, all of it has to start before. This is training. Yeah. You totally. are in training it, for your race day. Okay. Race yeah. day is labor day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think everyone is totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's different for everyone, especially if someone isn't able to get a tool for it, their partner might be the best option. I also look at it too, because with the baby coming out, that is a different stimulus, right? Coming out, totally. it's not your, it's not mm -hmm. you doing it. So in yeah. a way there can be a relation with the partner too, but I would say the big thing is, is feedback. It's like yeah. anything you're practicing hip squeezes before anything you yeah. got to give feedback. So don't have your partner doing perineal massage and you're like, how I said, like, if you want to kick them in the head, 
yeah. too much pressure and not good and it's not going to work for everyone no. um but it's it's that thing whether you're doing it someone else is doing it you got the kegel release curve like it's it's yeah. having that control over it so yeah. making sure you're yeah. giving feedback it should not be like extremely painful if you find it is and you've tried all the ways again that could be a reason to actually see a pelvic physio yeah. because there could be other things going on that you're not able to necessarily understand or yeah. um or release that you need a professional to help you grasp that to actually help you get yeah. to that next step yeah absolutely yeah. i think the first yeah. couple of times for me yeah. it's really important that they yeah. feel because then that they tissue, they right? know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. that first experience. And then they also then understand their own tolerances to have mm -hmm. that communication and feedback piece, right? They know yeah. how much is too much from their own touch. And that's why I don't mind people starting a little bit earlier than the 35 weeks, because mm -hmm. they can get around that belly yeah. to be able to feel some of that themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, get to know this area. And I know there was another question too about like lubricant or oil mm -hmm. to use, right? And I find this can be individual. They asked about coconut oil too. I also say like, for, for some people, I find at this point in pregnancy, you have a lot of natural lubricant. So I find some people feel like, oh my gosh, if I add more to this, like, I'm just like, there's a lot of slipperiness happening. So yeah. in that case, like, don't add anything more. But there can be in terms of like, there's certain lubricants I'm more of a fan of that are like, not just water-based, because I find that's kind of like the newest thing. A lot of products that are still super processed and can create irritation. They'll be like, but we're water-based. And I'm like, yep. so you got to go a step further. There's a number one, number of them that I like. Sliquid is one of them, one of my yep. favorites. Yep. Um, what, what do you find you end up mentioning about oils and that? Yeah, so I, I do typically say um, if any lubricant was used pre-baby um, mm -hmm. and you found that that worked for you, um, but yeah, there are not too many nine-month pregnant women that complain about dryness. Yeah. So it's yeah. usually um, changing underwear four times a day sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but that said, um, like, honestly, a tiny bit of like the coconut oil and because it's not a glob, right? You're just mm -hmm. doing it for the smoothness. You are trying to create a little bit of traction here. So if it is too slippery, like mm -hmm. you're going to find that you can't get the tissue very well. Um, so same with the Kegel release, like I say, if you need any, it's, it's very, um, smoothly mirror polished. So you don't need a lot and you don't want to be continuously slipping out because that also kind of could create, um, uh, like a quick reflex stimuli that then again, we're protecting and guarding. So mm -hmm. not a lot to be honest. So yeah. um, find one that you like, try and go, there's a whole bunch of lists on Google that you can find for mm -hmm. like really clean, natural, uh, good, clean love, I believe is another one mm -hmm. that people like. Um, of course, there's like really great ones in the States that we can't get a hold of, but yeah. 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 So yeah, depending where you're watching from, again, there'll be different products where you are, but yeah, kind of seeing what works for you. But I think it's just helpful for people to know, like, you don't have to use something. Because yeah. I would agree, most people, like, lots of lubrication. And yeah. you'll also, how Kate talked about, like, getting to know the area. If you look with a mirror, like, wherever you are in pregnancy, look now. 
because a lot of people don't ever look into postpartum or never. And so they don't know what they're looking at if things have changed. And when you get closer to um, your estimated due date, there's been a lot of blood flow. So the area is going to look swollen because of the blood flow there. And some people like, oh my gosh, is that is like, is everything okay in terms of in that area? And I'm like, totally like nothing. There's no red flags, no infection. Care provider hasn't noticed any infection. It's just that your body is preparing. It needs blood flow. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, that's the first, um, it's the first step on our return to postpartum intimacy protocol is take a look with the mirror, right? But you've got to do it before anything happens to have your baseline. So many people come to me and they think things are all over the place. And I'm like, did you look before? Right? And we're all different. So, you know, if yeah. you only have one visual of what a vulva or vagina or what your labia majora, menorah all look like, if that's a visual that's been created from Hollywood, you may want to take a look at what yours looks like first. Totally, totally. The one other question that someone had sent was, and in case someone's watching, you might have had this experience too. She had had two previous births and she felt the stitches were not done. They were done poorly. So she had poor healing after both. She still doesn't feel like things are healed and she's going into her third and she's like, should I do perineum? Is perineum massage going to help? And I would say, yes. I would also say, again, if there's an option, if you haven't seen a pelvic physio and you've had tearing like that and it hasn't healed properly, mm-hmm. I would suggest if you can see someone to get like more of a detailed assessment, but yeah. in general, perineal massage would be helpful to more yeah. for the tissue, but also we've talked about throughout the live of like desensitizing yeah. the area and all yeah. that too, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you want the plastic surgeons teaching the OBGYNs how to really sew things up properly, but that doesn't always happen. And I actually had that similar case. They did not sew me up very well on the first one, and I demanded a better job on the second one, and mm-hmm. they did. But there is times where, and you can see it on assessment, where you put very little pressure on some of the superficial tissue, Mm -hmm. and you can see how taut a very thin line of tissue gets with very little tension. And so you you can picture that through friction and penetrative intercourse, how that one little section may be causing almost all of the all of the issues and there are desensitization techniques um there is also the option of talking to your OBGYN or a possible surgeon um about just that little bit and and surgically doing something so that because you don't want to just keep I get it, like little fissure or little tear on it every single time. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of do all the stretch in the world. It's just the way it healed back up. And mm-hmm. remember, scar tissue has really great structural integrity. It doesn't want to ever tear there again, but it doesn't have a lot of elasticity. And so sometimes, so there are options. And like yeah. Anita said, this is where go get an assessment. And if mm-hmm. that's not possible where you are, mm-hmm. your OBGYN your urologist these people are all really well qualified if you sort of give the story and what's happening and it's been like a really chronic factor Mm -hmm. something can be done yeah exactly exactly awesome well thank you so much for coming on kate it was so great to chat
we've been wanting to do this for a while, so I'm glad it worked out. Let us know below if you've done perineal massage, if you're planning to do it, any other questions you have, and Kate and I will get back to you. Perfect. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 